Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Good to see everybody here this morning. Look forward to being with you tonight. Um, but uh, before we get into the service here, uh, my message and the thing that I feel the Lord has uh, put on my heart, I want to uh, just share with you uh, an apology from me. Uh, some of you might not even know what I'd be talking about, but I feel like I need to share before you because of my desire to be transparent um, with everything that I do. But uh, I just want to go back to last week a little bit um, and address something that I did, and I need to apologize to you and ask you for your forgiveness for. Um, I had a nice little Christmas message prepared, um, but I went away from it because I was caught up into listening to a message from Pastor Michael of Jesus Image. Uh, they had a conference, their Jesus Image conference. It wasn't a pastor's conference. They do it every December. A few of our folks have gone down to that last year and the year before. Uh, but just a, a wonderful uh, conference, wonderful worship. So I tapped into that. Some of the folks uh, were listening to it. They made me aware of it. So I, I tapped into it and listened to it. And uh, what Pastor Michael was sharing just really ministered to my heart deeply. Uh, I felt like it was confirming a lot of the things that he, that the Lord had been speaking to us as a church over the last few weeks and last several months. And so I shared a lot of the stuff that he shared, uh, and I failed to uh, give him the proper credit. I failed to um, uh, share with you that that's where I got a lot of my uh, thoughts from. And I blew it, and I was wrong to do that, and that's what I want to apologize for. Um, honestly, I could probably come up with a bunch of reasons why, but I just don't know why. Uh, there was a lot going on. There's been a lot going on with me personally, physically, mentally, emotionally over these last six months to two, uh, last six weeks to two months um, that I could point it to. But the bottom line, there's really no excuse. I know better. Uh, I haven't done anything like that before. And uh, the Lord is using it, and the Lord will continue to use it, but it wasn't my intention uh, to do that, because I know several of you had listened to that message, and so um, it just was something that I didn't do, and I want to apologize for. It is my desire to be transparent with you with everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, my humanness, and I humbly ask for your forgiveness. A few weeks ago... Thank you. A few weeks ago, I shared a message on confession and repentance, and many of you got up here and shared some very personal things, and I'm not exempt to that, and I come to you today with my air and want to say how sorry I am, because I don't want to have the enemy have any foothold in me or in us as we move forward. I want to expose him for the liar that he is in our humanness, and I'm grateful to the grace of God in it all. I'm also grateful to those that came to me out of love and concern with this. I know it wasn't easy for them, but I'm so appreciative that we want to call each other higher, whether it be leadership or others. And so I appreciate them doing that. I know it wasn't easy. I'm also equally grateful to my elders who I've been working with closely throughout this whole week trying to learn from it, trying to ask God what he's saying in it, and how we can move forward and make the proper adjustments as we do that. But 
as this public apology comes forward, there might be some of you that still need some clarity or understanding. I just want to make myself available, and any of the elders would be more than willing to talk with you as well if you need any more clarity with that. I just want to say that I love you all very much, and I'm really sorry that uh, that happened. It won't happen again by the grace of God. Amen? Forget about it. (laughs) God is good, but it needed to be done, and I'm just ready to move forward. Can we pray? Father, we come before you in humility and brokenness and We just say thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your grace. Even when we fall down, we just get back up because you are who you are. Yeshua, Adonai, Elohim, Jehovah. And so I just give you my heart. I give you the heart of our folks. We just bind the enemy and his tactics. And we expose him. We move forward together in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for hearing my heart in that. So where do we go from there? Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about our King, our Savior, the one who comes and takes our brokenness and turns it into something good. I've been in Isaiah... Uh, For a little while, I've been slowly going through it because it's a lot there. Uh, Sometimes when I'm reading Isaiah, I really see a wonderful prophet. I see a prophet that uh, prophesies and also has this prophetic word to the people of Judea and Israel and, and the different things that are going on there. There's a lot of history that's happening there, and I'm trying to mull through it, try to make sense of it all because at one point in chapter 8, we got... Uh, Judea, who's up in the northern kingdom, and then you have Israel, who's in the southern kingdom, they're at odds, but they're, aren't they the same? And it's just kind of going through all this. Did I reverse that? Thank you back there. All the, yeah, okay. Um, they're, they're a part of kingdoms. And so uh, they're at odds with each other, and they're fighting, and the Assyrians are coming in, and they're hooking up with the, uh, Israel to go against Judah, and there's just so much going on. And you got Isaiah trying to prophesy to King Ahaz and Hezekiah through all this. And I could just see how prophets could get sometimes really frustrated with people. Because they hear the word of the Lord, they see the word of the Lord, and they speak the word of the Lord. But sometimes people don't embrace it. And they do things to please their flesh. How frustrating it could be for a prophet. But I don't know about you, but as I get into this Christmas season, I don't know if it's just me or some of you feel this as well, but uh, maybe it's because, you know, I haven't watched Charlie Brown Christmas yet. That's one of my favorites, where Linus gets up and preaches the gospel, or the lack of snow and the different things. I don't know if it's all that, but it seems very un-Christmassy to me this season. And I don't like that. We got lights all over the place and, and different things. But just to me, it hasn't felt very Christmassy. I don't know if it's because of the two months of all this stuff that I've been going through. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But as I've been diving into Isaiah this week and the week before, 
just trying to, 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 to hear what God might be saying, it feels dark. I don't know about you, but it feels dark out. You just look out the window now, and weather-wise, it's dark. There's a heaviness. There's just a, a blanket over the area in our hearts. But in preparing for today, I'm reminded of the light of Christmas. I'm reminded of the light of the world that came and pierced and overcame darkness. And how the names of Jesus, the name of Jesus, breaks the power of darkness. And I want to talk about that. I want to brag about the names of Jesus and who he is and how he came and how this prophecy in Isaiah 9 was a prophecy of hope of the coming Messiah to bring light to a dark area because leading up to Isaiah 9, it was just darkness after darkness, war after war, fight after fight. And the bottom line to Isaiah 8 is that Isaiah is saying to the people, you could either trust God fully or you can lean on your own understanding and modern day, what we would call psychics and palm readers, they were going to people like that to try to get an idea of what God was saying or what, what they should do. And what Isaiah was saying, trust in the Lord. Seek him first. Folks, what I've been challenged with is it's okay to seek other things. It's okay to do other things, but we need to seek him first in everything and get his plan on what to do for my family, for your family, and what he says for my family might be different for your family, and we need to just walk with each other with that because it's going to be different for you than it is for me. But we can't go to these other things first, even though they're good, they're all right, and God might even use it. But we need to go to him first. And that's what Isaiah was saying. Seek God, trust him. Don't go to mind readers, don't go to psychics, don't go to these things, because if you do that, there won't be any light in you. We are the light of the world. The light has come to dispel and to eradicate darkness. And this is our calling as a church and as individuals. I'm just going to play this video that I, I think I played last year at Christmas, but it just speaks so much to the light of the world. Go ahead, Fran. Keep Fran on his toes back there.
remember as a kid that on Christmas morning, um, and it was interesting, Logan said this to me last night. He said, Dad, you can sleep through anything. How is it that you can sleep, you know, come Christmas Eve and act like you're not really excited about everything? I said, Logan, when I was your age, I could not sleep. I was so excited. So that kind of relieved him that he was okay to be excited about different things. But I remember as a kid that we couldn't come downstairs until I saw the bright light of my dad's 8-millimeter video camera. Any of you guys remember that thing? He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not quite ready yet. You'll know. The light will come on. And it's pitch dark down there. And then this light just engulfs the room. The, you know, there's no video. There's no audio on it. It's just video. And we all watch these, uh, our home movies, and our kids have seen it. And they've seen me. And, I, you know, Case looks like me. And, and it just, I go downstairs. And one of, one of the videos, my brother John is just like blinded by this light. But this reminds me of who Jesus is, this light. And again, if we look at Isaiah 8 and those last couple, and I don't know, some of the commentaries, they say that, that kind of not, the beginning of chapter 9 should have been at the end of chapter 8 because they're still talking about the distress and the, the gloom and, and, and the darkness that's over the land and that there's no light in people because they haven't accepted Jesus or haven't accepted God's way and trusted him fully and, and that this curse will come and, and they're just walking aimlessly and this is just isn't just a short time this has been years of them walking in darkness do some of you feel like it's dark there's been darkness around your heart there's been darkness around the things that you see and we have this hope. We know that Jesus is in control, but sometimes you just feel heavy and that there's, things, there's stuff going on. But I want to encourage us this morning that there's a light that's here. There's a light that we carry. That there's a light that we can grab hold of that will transform us, that will transform any darkness that we come in contact with. And the question is for Judah is the same question for us. Will we trust him fully? Will we look to him first? Lord, what are you saying in this? Instead of figuring out, hey, Katie, what do you think about this? Or hey, uh, elders, what do you think about this? Or hey, folks, what do you think about this? Jesus, what do you think about this? What direction do you want me to go in? And on that, we could stand and we could go to these other different things with the confidence that he has spoken to us. But when we get it reversed, the light gets dampened. Because, like, well, I'm not sure if I should really do this, and, you know, so-and-so said I should do this, and so-and-so said I shouldn't do this. And you get all confused. Confusion isn't of the Holy Spirit. And I'll try to speed through this because I know we got kiddos in here and cookies are waiting. But in verse 1 of chapter 9, it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. This is where he's prophesying that the darkness is coming to an end. And that in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nepaliah. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of all the nations by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan. And it gets in, you know, sometimes prophets use all these, these fancy words. Like, what, what are you talking about? What's going on in all this? So basically, Isaiah is saying that the anguish and the gloom and this thick dar darkness that, that has fallen upon you because you've rejected God's word is going to be removed. Amen? 
It's a promise of God's goodness. He speaks to this despair. He speaks to this darkness, and he says it's going to lift. And I want to speak to that. I want, I want to stand here and kind of prophesy to you that no matter what darkness you're in, no matter what, what heaviness that you're feeling, it's going to lift and it's going to be gone by the light of Jesus. It's promised. And Isaiah speaks to this for the present and a time to come. And in verse 2, he talks about the people will walk in darkness and they have seen a great light. When you're in darkness and you finally see the light... Doesn't hope ignite in your heart when you're like, it's so dark, I don't know what's going on, but when you see a light and it gets brighter and brighter, that gives you hope that he's in control. So people were walking in darkness, they've seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawned. To whatever situation is going on, a light has dawned. And his name is Jesus. Those who have rejected God's revelation and his word, if they turn to him and trust him fully, the light of Jesus comes in. Jesus speaks to this in John 3, 19 through 21. He said, this is the verdict. The light has come into the world, but the people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and they will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth come into the light so that they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Holy Spirit, come and illuminate every area of our lives. Shine your light. Every evil thing, every wrong motive, every bad attitude, Begin with us, God. You hang around in darkness, you begin to like it. But I am the light of the world, Jesus says. And then verse 3, more, more prophetic words to uh, the future. Just fancy statements that he's going to enlarge the nations and increase their joy. And that the rejoicing of the people at the harvest and the, rejo- and the warriors rejoice at dividing the plunder. This is where Isaiah is saying the darkness isn't going to last forever. And all this fighting he's going to turn. And in the, the, and, and, and the next verse he talks about uh, the things that you were in battle, you're going to burn because you're not in battle anymore. And the war isn't going on and, and the light has come and he set you free. But I'm saying all that to to paint a picture of how dark it was and how awful it was for the people of Judah and Israel. And how frustrating it must have been for Isaiah to say, hey, if you turn to God and trust him, the light of God will come in and change every situation. And this is the verse that Eric read this morning that was shown up there. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I don't have any words to explain this verse, but I found a video that kind of sums up what I feel. Go ahead, friend.
born and a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government, in verse 7, and peace, there will be no end. Amen? Amen. And he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with his justice and righteousness and from that time and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Is there anything in there that says that we're going to accomplish this? The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Make no mistake, folks. This was not a mortal that was born in a manger. This was a king that came from heaven, taking human form, humbling himself to go to the cross and to die an extraordinary death. Kings occupy the throne of David. He will sit there forever. There will be no end. This alone should bring us to a place that he alone is worthy of it all. And this is where I want to end because I didn't want to take a lot of time with the kiddos in here. But I'm glad that they're in here because what this says to me is that in every area of our lives, we should be speaking Jesus. I'm going to take some time in the coming year here to go over the eight names of Jehovah. There's so many times it's mentioned in the Bible. The word Jehovah, which means I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. Elohim. Over 250 or 2,500 times in the Old Testament, it's translated God. Adonai, used over 400 times in the Old Testament, translated Lord or Master. Jehovah, the most frequently used word, means Yahweh, Yahshua. We sang it this morning. The names of God, they, they, they have a meaning behind it. And some of you today, some of you this morning, you're going to find yourself... In, the, in these places where these names, you need it. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalms 23. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord shall provide in Genesis. And we're going to take some time to go over these. There's so much in them. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, amen? Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Exodus 17. Rapha is Exodus 15. Jehovah Mikadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, Leviticus 27 and 8. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Judges 6:24. Jehovah Tidsid Canoe, the Lord who is righteous. Jeremiah 23. Five and six. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. Again, in Ezekiel. I don't know where you find yourself this morning, but I'm sure there's some of us that need Him to be your shepherd. I know I needed it this week just for Him to come alongside of me. And it what I went through this week was kind of like the procedure I had in 
the ears, note, throw doctor on Tuesday. Because my ears have been so plugged and all the drugs didn't work, she wanted to put in a tube. I've never had tubes, even as a kid. And she says, I, I, I'll put this numbing cream in, but I'm going to tell you it doesn't work. And I, I thank God for Emily. She's had tubes put in, and she says, you're probably going to get tubes in, and they're going to try to numb your ear, but I'm just going to tell you it's not going to work. So I had confirmation in a couple different areas. And so she put the stuff in, and at 15 minutes of anxiety waiting of putting a tube in, I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but I don't like pain. And so I'm sitting there and I cock my head to the side and she said, do not move your head, be as still as you possibly can. And I just like, and the pain that that little slice caused, I almost cried like a little kid. But the relief I got from that, the reward of that relief made the pain worth it. And that's what I felt like the Lord was doing, that this might be painful, but the relief and the reward of the relief of humbling yourself will be worth it. So I needed a shepherd to come alongside. Some of you might need provision, Jehovah Jireh. Lord, I don't know where it's coming from, but I need you to pull through. And I, at times, because all this stuff that I've been telling you that I've been going through, you know, the Lord has been having his hand on our finances and different things and, and just, and I've been looking to other things first. This is the bottom line that I, I, I run to my own solution first a lot of the times. And, and I, I, I regret having to say that in front of you, but some, uh, this is what the Lord has revealed to me this week. I am your source. Yes, I might use these other things, but don't go to them first. He's jealous of me. He's jealous of you. He wants to provide. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your healer. And how merciful and how gracious he is when it takes, when the light finally comes on and says, oh Lord, you've been there all the time. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Many of you, we prayed for some. I'm going to visit Dave Bardeen after church. He's in Thompson Hospital, palliative care, because his cancer came back, and he's got a little time with us unless the Lord intervenes and does a miracle. So pray for David and Nancy. Many of you that we're praying for that we will not stop praying for, going through things. He is the Lord who heals. The Lord is my banner, recovering. The Lord who sanctifies, we've been crying out, holy, holy, holy. And he's challenging us, be holy as I am holy. Get rid of some of these things in your life that, that are distracting you from me. I am the Lord who sanctifies. And I'm calling you to come with me, to be set apart for a very special time. Jehovah Shalom, he is our peace, who has broken down every wall. Tid Sid Canoe, he's our righteousness, 
Doesn't this stir up hope in your heart as I'm reading them again? Thank you, Lord. That our God is everything. Shama, the one who is there. God, I just thank you that you're here. In spite of our, our, our humanness, you still want to be with us. You're still jealous over us. You're still merciful to us. These names help us understand who God is and what he does. It reveals his character, his nature, his attributes. And when we call on his name, the name that is above every name, that a name that every day one knee, everybody's knee shall bow down to the name of Jesus Christ as we acknowledge him and what he is and what he can do. As we trust him to provide for us, to heal us, to protect us, to sanctify us, to be our peace and to make us righteous. Aren't you grateful for our manger king? There's times, not a lot, but there, I, there's a couple times in, 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 my, in my life I can point to different stressful situations and different things, ministry times. I remember one time it was at camp. I was laying down in the afternoon just getting some rest and I felt an oppression come in. Heaviness that just crippled me. I couldn't move. I just lay in there and I knew it was evil. I knew it was of the enemy. And all I could do was speak the name of Jesus. I just was saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Until the thing broke off. There was another time, it was fairly new in our house. And I was laying in bed. And I felt evil coming up the stairs and just land on me same type of oppression. And I just began to call on the name of Jesus because I was helpless. I didn't know what else to do. All my Bible training, everything that I've gone through, everything I studied, everything that, that I thought that I could figure out didn't mount up to the name of Jesus being spoken. And oppression has to leave in the name of Jesus. Yes. Depression has to leave in the name of Jesus. Yes. Darkness has to leave in the name of Jesus. Yes, Sickness you, has no place you, when you cry out to the name of Jesus. Come on now. Come I on. speak Jesus. Yes. We speak Jesus. Yes. People understand Jesus and yes. his love when we speak it. It's a Christmas miracle that happens all year long. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The miracle that keeps on giving over darkness. I speak Jesus over disease. I speak Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I, I take it back. Over darkness, we speak Jesus. Yes. Over disease, we speak Jesus. Yes. Over sickness, we speak Jesus. Yes. Over depression, Thank we you, speak Jesus. Over yes. fear, yes. we speak Jesus. Yes. Some of you, some of us have been bombarded with the fear of death. I break that off you in the name of Jesus right now yes. for you and for your loved ones has no hold. Thank you, 
I release the light of his truth. Stand with me. I release the light of his love. I release his acceptance over every dumb thing that we've done that separates our mind from him but never separates us from his love. Amen. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. I release the light of his grace. And I release the light of his understanding to fill our hearts, the light of his peace. We speak Jesus. Father, we ask your forgiveness for looking to other things first and making them out of order. We commit to look to you first, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you he is enough he is relief he has an answer he has a plan so as we sing the song asking the elders and any of the ministry team folks to come on up do not wait do not hesitate to have these folks lay their hands on you to do it to be released and let the light of God's goodness let the light of God's healing let the light of who he is and his truth and his word expose every dark area in your heart and in your mind do not leave here today with anything holding you back is he not worthy no folks is he not worthy speak Jesus in every area. Eric, lead us and please respond to these areas that have overcome us. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Name of Jesus. 
the mountain, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, I speak Jesus. From the mountain, come on, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, and I speak the holy name.
Come on up. 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 Come on up.